how to be an elder. This is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Michael is going to share with us 10 ways to be an elder. If you've seen the previous broadcast, broadcasts, we talked about the importance of being an elder um, in this day and age. <clears throat> one of maybe one of the ways with the most leverage of, of reinventing, redesigning relationships and of the essence uh, for a young men to receive or to be in the presence of elders in his life, but also for a man to grow in his masculinity uh, to become or to show up as an elder for someone else. We talked about the difficulties of taking up that role because we don't have a culture of uh, eldership. We also talked yesterday about who to be an elder for. Today we're going to go in more detail about how you can show up as an elder for someone else. So. Michael, prepare 10 points. Yeah, well, let's, let's start with what is an elder. And uh, I would say that it's, it's, uh, it's a role. It's a role that it could be uh, masculine or feminine, right? It could be uh, male or female. But you're essentially playing something similar to the role of a parent, mm. but for those who are not your children. So... You are taking on more. You are taking on that responsibility of uh, raising them up, or calling them into a next level of responsibility, calling them into adulthood, and uh, yeah, you're taking on that. You're shouldering that burden. To parent someone who is not your child. Could be. Could be. I don't want to. I don't want to limit it to parenting. And I think there's ways that it's actually not. It's something more. Something beyond parenting. Um, but yeah, and so yesterday we were talking about, uh, different examples of being an elder, how, you know, uh, someone could be an elder or who they could be an elder to. Who they actually. could be an elder for, yes. One of the things that, uh, we mentioned was, you know, you can do this also for a woman mm -hmm. and you can do this for, we mentioned yesterday that. A great opportunity to be an elder and in a way that makes a difference in the world is in the moment of conflict to choose to be the one to as you say lead the relationship to glory or um, to choose to be the one to lead you know to shoulder that responsibility and so there have been uh, quite a number of girlfriends in my past who at the point of the breakup, you know, if I can see a pathway for her that if I just break up, maybe how I feel like breaking up, how that's going to lead her down a, a painful path or a difficult path. And, um, and in that moment, I choose to be, I choose to shift my role, you know, and view her perhaps more as my younger sister. You know, um, or you could say like spiritual sister, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lead, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lead her to a more beautiful place. I like the shouldering of responsibility. It's a good phrase. Yes. So there's uh, just choosing to take on being an elder and growing in this can really develop your leadership ability. 
um, can give you great meaning and purpose in life mm. beyond the the happiness and success that you're going for and happiness, success and freedom that you may be aiming for personally. You know, a lot of people who are aiming for happiness and success and freedom have a deep, unmet longing, yes. purposelessness, lack of fulfillment, and it is to be found in taking on a greater responsibility. I would say, especially when it goes beyond what you need to do. Like, which would be your children. My nephews are not my responsibility. It could, I could say, you know. Um, the boy next door, he's not my responsibility. The, maybe the, the, if, you know, if I'm dating someone who has kids, like they're not my responsibility. Um, but to be an elder is to, is to think about your future generations, is to think about all your people, mm -hmm. is to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a leader of and more people great, than. What you were saying, there's great joy and honor in that, which is something that a lot of people are lacking and don't know that they're lacking and maybe only find out when they're completely successful in everything they thought they needed to be and then discover, but something is still not here. You know, this meaning, this honor, this this playing a part, and this this really lies in the in the dimension of the gift. You know, there's there's wealth that you can create by working hard, by uh, charging money for what you do, and uh, that's a that's a great thing. Um, but there's wealth that mm. many of us never reclaim, and we. We, we live a lot more unfulfilled than we could be mm. because this, this other kind of wealth is generated by giving and receiving. Mm. And being an elder lies in that realm of giving. Yes, because you don't have to do it. You, you still show up as it, so it really is a gift. And uh, honor itself, you know, having an abundance of this deep abiding meaning in your life and purpose in your life and inner guidance in your life. Mm. This is, yeah, it's something that's given and receiving. Mm. So how to be an elder? How to be an elder, point one. I'll keep track of the, and make sure we end up with 10 points. This isn't some uh, official presentation I've put together. This is a few notes I jotted down. This before, is the definitive. Before I call this <laughs> Etched in stone. <laughs> The Ten Commandments on being an elder. I've just come down from the mountaintop. God touched the stones and number one. <laughs> Imagine that if I need to come down and have a remark and go, okay, I've got to make an adjustment here. <laughs> so uh, the first point I would make is uh, be an ancestor worth coming from. You know, so... Mm. Be the kind of man who your grandchildren, great-grandchildren, future generations are going to tell stories about, mm. you know, um, who your sons, grandsons, you know, other men are going to want to emulate, step into your shoes. And, well, how do you do that? I think one very key component is to be a man worthy of respect. Mm. How do you be a man worthy of respect? First, 
respect yourself at a high level. That is, don't let others disrespect you. Uh, stand up for yourself, speak up for yourself, walk your own path. Mm. Um, so this is a very big component because as an elder, part of what you're doing is helping a younger man to shoulder more responsibility himself and come into adulthood. And if he looks at you and he has no respect for you, you're, ha you're going to have no influence with him. He's not going to want to listen to you. You know, who are you to tell me who to be, right? So, as well, to be that uh, man worthy of respect, um, I would say be a man worthy of honor. Um, worthy of honoring by your people. And I think that's, that's a matter of, like, standing up for your people. Defending your people. Having the back of your people. Be willing to go to, go to bat. Uh, go to battle uh, for your people and um, well then we come back to the question like who are your people and there might be a, a whole issue in itself and also at the core of why it's so hard to be an elder so it, well I would say that doesn't need to matter so much like give a fuck stand up for some people mm. you could choose you could say the homeless are my people mm. you know you could say all the people with my last name are my people You could say all the people of my ethnicity are my people, of my nation are my people, my all the, you know, uh, all the Marines in my battalion, you know, they're my people. It doesn't matter. Take on, take on responsibility for people beyond you. So be an ancestor worth coming from. That's one. Yes. And, you know, we could go deeper into that. We don't need to spend too much time no, on that. No, we can have... 10 next episodes going deeper into each one of them. Right. I mean, that would be interesting. Right. But I would like to see a, I like to see this list. This is great. Yes. Two. Two. Okay, so honor thy elders. Mm. Um, restore this, mm. this lineage of honor that's been broken, <clears throat> that's been lost. And if you if you are not honoring your elders, like actively going out of your way to honor your elders on a regular basis, you're breaking this lineage. Mm. And this is a powerful lineage. You know, this is a, this is a powerful thing. Um, if you don't speak well of those who've gone before you, mm. those who've paved the way, um, those who've given to you, those who've come back for you, um, then what's happening is you're actually going to feel the call less to be an elder mm. because what what happens as you honor elders is you feel honor yes. you feel honor and you we can talk about the art of honoring another time but um, the two big components are getting present to what someone is, is facing and what someone is standing for And this is what generates the feeling of honor. So as you do this, you know, as you get present to that, then when you come up against similar things in your life, mm. you're facing similar things, what happens is, what tends to happen is you feel an inspiration to stand as they stood. Yes. Well, so that... 
honoring your elders is going to give you a calling yes. to be an elder. It's going to have, have you feel a calling to be an but elder. But what I see in it is that what you're doing is to cultivate eldership, whatever is there. And you speak to the culture of, of, of eldership that has been there. And so it's easier then also to be part of that, to show up that way, and to, yeah, to feel that calling as well. No, it's as if you played semi-pro football back in the day, right? Mm. You know, you guys watching the, ga the games of generations past, you know, and the great heroes mm. and telling their story and, you know, remembering them before you go onto the field and, you know, speaking of them at halftime or whatever, you know. Mm. It's uh, by telling these stories, by honoring these ancestors, the ones who went before, mm. you feel like, being that, and you also pass these stories on, you pass this lineage yes. of honoring on to the, the ones who are coming next. Nice. Yes. Honor thy elders. So, a next point. Three. Um, and these are, these are not necessarily in any particular order. Uh, show confidence and faith in the young man. So, let's speak to young men in, in, this, mm -hmm. uh, in this conversation. But... Show confidence and faith in the young man. Um, assume that he has what it takes. Yes. He has what it takes because what he may be facing is a doubt or a lack of confidence. He may come from a household or from peers mm. who judge him, who act as if he doesn't have what it takes. Mm. And a lot of times his, his parents may be the strongest source of giving him this sense that he doesn't have what it takes. Mm. No, he's not ready to leave home yet. No, he's, he's, he's not yet a man. He's, he's not yet taking responsibility. You know? His parents may be reflecting back to him that he's, he's not, he doesn't have what it takes. Is this, is this I, I, I sense a danger of like, the thing I dislike about positive affirmations in the sense of like, you act as if something is true and deep in your heart you don't really believe it is this something that you really believe it or is there also a practice in uh seeing more of this in people well his peers and his parents and others may be seeing how he's not that man mm. just by looking to see how he is seeing his his strengths, mm. seeing the courage that you can see in him, mm. reflecting this back to him, mm. you know, just seeing that in him, yes. speaking that Seeing to his him. greatness. Would you say that every man has that? And then by that I mean then also can you be an elder in this sense for everyone? Yeah, looking for what they're facing and what they're standing mm. for. Mm. You know, it, it really can be as simple as that, you know, to, yes. to acknowledge a young man Get into his world. Yes. Acknowledge what he's facing. Be there with him. There was a young man uh, back in 2007. His his mother had attended my my boot camp, my training in honor, and she asked. She was she was really pleading with me. You know, Michael, will you speak to my son? You know, will you? And it had a quality of um, something's wrong with him, mm -hmm. and you need to set him straight, or you need to help him, and. I told him I was. I, I told her I'll meet with your son, but I'm not. I'm not going to fix your son, you know. And I invited him to come and join me on on cliffs overlooking 
uh, Lake Austin and, and a big part of the, the valley. And uh, I didn't show up to correct this kid or set him straight or tell him what he needs to do. Um, I sat up there on the cliff and we looked out there over the valley and I listened what he's facing in life. Mm -hmm. We both looked at it together and I was like, fuck yeah, that's fucked up, you know? So, show confidence and faith in the young man, not assuming he doesn't have what it takes. It's much less seeing his greatness than it is to honor him. Seeing with him what he's been facing, seeing with him what he's been standing for, for yes. and reflecting that back to him. So it's much less seeing the greatness as it is to, to honor him, which you can do with everyone. Yeah, and, and this was a kid who his mother was afraid to be very destructive, self-destructive or destructive, you know. Might have fit into the category of, uh-oh, could this, could this kid become a school shooter, you know. Like, he was he was a very troubled kid. They, they'd come over from the Middle East, and this was a time when there was a lot of kind of anti-Arab uh, sentiment in the U.S. after 9-11 and with the Iraq war going on. Um, and he'd come over to a high school here, and he's trying to make it in high school, and his dad, I think, didn't have a job here, hadn't found success here, mm. and so he just didn't have a firm foundation, and he didn't have, yes. there was a lot he was missing, and he was really struggling. And he was lashing out, saying, you know, and it, yeah, he actually did make some comments, like, I just want to take a gun and, you know, kill a bunch of people, you know, which is a... Uh, statement that could, you know, well, that's a pretty dark statement. And and Hans, one of, one of your areas that you sometimes don't like to go into is the, you know, the darkness or the, um, the whatever. And a lot of us, and I think this is kind of, this is kind of standard for American culture, actually. Keep things positive, keep things happy, just affirm positive things, be high vibration, mm. this kind of stuff. What the what these uh, young people need is someone who will actually go and sit with them in their pain, mm. in the darkness, and um, I just you know I when I could see his world I affirmed to him that nothing's wrong with you, mm. you know, nothing's wrong with you, and uh, and it was very different from the message he was getting uh, in the world. Nice. So just to to be an ancestor worth coming from, honor thy elders. Uh, show confidence and faith in the young man. That's three. You got a next one. Four. Let me go back to the previous one just to, just momentarily. There, there's this assumption that we have in Western culture, which is largely about dominating. You know, we dominate nature to to overcome it. We dominate our weaknesses to overcome them. But the, like a Native American culture, a lot of indigenous cultures, they don't have this same relationship to themselves, mm. others, and reality, or nature. Yes, we're um, connected. You know, there's not a sense in a lot of indigenous communities that uh, you are um, a born sinner, you know, original sin, which is a, which is a Catholic uh, idea. Um, that there's something wrong with you, you know, there's not a sense that you're fundamentally not, there, there's a sense that you're perfect, you know, like a baby buffalo without going to school is going to grow up and be a, a perfect adult buffalo, you know, like 
we have what it takes. Mm -hmm. But in this world, there's very much a sense that we don't. And we need to dominate our children. We need to educate. We need to indoctrinate. We need to train, punish, and reward. Um, and so it really helps, I guess, to be an elder to, mm -hmm. and this could take some education and inquiry to explore and find out, you know, how, how we do have what it takes mm -hmm. to thrive here on this planet uh, with ease and then affirm this back, yes. you know, to the younger ones. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. You're good enough. A great, a great book, by the way, is uh, the Continuum Concept. The Continuum Concept. Again, maybe a conversation for another day. Actually, let me share one more story about uh, this last point. I think it's a really big point. And I've got a, I've got a nephew who's whose mother doesn't feel like he's yet ready to leave home. And he's like 22 now. Uh, he just had a birthday, he might have just turned 23. And she feels like she needs to teach him more about managing his money. She needs to prepare him in this way and that way and this way and that way before she's comfortable letting him go, you know? And, um, you know, and me and my brothers, his uncles, we're really affirming his, that he has what it takes. His father and us, his uncles, we all left home in our teens and set out, set out in the world. Um, anyway, there's this story I can tell, I can tell it another time, but I went, I went on a camping trip with my father out in Arizona, I went to visit him. The story you're gonna tell another time? I'll tell in detail another time. We'll come back to it, we'll bookmark it. But I was about 24. I see 10 episodes. Yeah. 10 mornings. Talking about each one of these. Yes. Okay. I'll leave it for another episode. Nice. Come back tomorrow or in four days. <laughs> All right. Fourth. Yes. So, um, confront him. Um, you know, have a what I might call an ally conversation with him. Mm. From love. You know, speak truth to him. There's, there's, there's a story I've told a number of times about uh, my buddy O coming into my office and having a face-to-face -face with me. And he's, he's confronting me about yes. what, do I, what do I really want for myself, you know? He was concerned that I might be wrapped up in some huge vision and projects and mission for humanity and everybody mm -hmm. else, but, but what about me? Tough love is what they use, no? Or is it different than this? I don't know that I would call that tough love. It's, uh, it might have been tough for him to come and confront me, you know, because um, it's, it's, it's having the conversation that many friends would not have with their friend because mm -hmm. many friends just want to keep their friend comfortable. Right. And Which, okay. Maybe it's not in one of these points, but uh, and we could talk about it another time. But there's a great danger that I see that uh, a lot of criticism, advice, 
or, or trying to force someone into doing what you want them to do is justified as, as this, and doing it for your own good. <laughs> you know, so maybe a great point would be to be an elder for someone is to actually really care. You can feel it, I don't know if you listed this, but you can feel it in your heart that you really care for this person. 100%. It's, uh, I don't have it listed here specifically, but what you want to aim for is, you know, what, what's going to have anyone really trust you mm. is that they feel that you really hold them in your heart. Mm, mm, that you mm. really, them and mm. their concerns and their people, like that you, you're, you, you're present to what they're facing mm. and what they're standing for. And they have a sense that you stand for them. Mm. You will stand for them and you have, and, and they can trust you in that. Mm. And um, at, a, at an extreme level of this, people will even grant you the authority to speak for them and to mm. represent them mm. because they might even trust even more that you're facing what they should be facing about their reality and you're willing to stand for them even more than they might be standing for themselves right but that's a good point you know you care you you what did you say a great phrase I forgot it. that was point 11 I'm gonna add yes so four was confronting with love for their best interest in stay Five. Stay meaning, let's say something about that. Because <laughs> you could go confront this nephew, this uh, kid in the neighborhood or whatever, and then leave. I'm out of here. <laughs> leave. Like, not continue to be in conversation with him or put up the walls, uh, cut him out of your life in a way. Um, so it's, it's by far, it's not just about the conf confrontation or, um, yes, it's the staying, it's huge, it's huge. Um, so next point, calling him to responsibility to be a man, calling him to a role of honor for his people. So we talked a couple of days ago, you know, I grew up Mormon and uh, the Mormon church is kind of built around this. Mm. So when you're, a, when you're a young man at the age of 19, and it, assuming you've been living a, what is a righteous life according to Mormons, you're going to receive a calling from the prophet mm. to go on a mission, to go and serve a two-year mission. And, um, you know, so many young people today just trying to find, okay, well, what should I do with my life? You know, what's going to make me happy? Uh, how do I want my life to be? And they're missing a fundamental component of any healthy, enduring culture, which is you have elders who are calling you to, to responsibility, mm. you know, and not the kind of responsibility like just with judgment, like you should be more responsible, you should be obeying the law, you should be getting good grades, whatever. No, calling you to a mission, to a role beyond what society is giving you, beyond what your success and happiness requires. You know, calling you to serve, calling you to be an elder, calling essentially. Calling you to be an elder. Yes. Calling you to a mission.
So, um, you know, in, in the Mormon church... It's even a great pyramid scheme, you know? How to be an elder, call others to be an elder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what it spreads, what it spreads is honor and yes. elderhood, yes. you know? It's beautiful. But throughout, uh, throughout your life as a Mormon, um, you get different callings in the church. Mm. It's something quite different from a lot of other uh, religions. But any, any faithful church-going Mormon is going to have, at any one point in their life, they're going to be a scout leader. They're going to be mm. a, a teacher of this. They're going to be a, you know, they have some kind of, um, in a way, elder responsibility, mm. right? To take responsibility for other people in the congregation and provide a certain role of, of you could say, eldership. Nice. Yes. So call him to responsibility. Give him a calling. All right, the next point. Invite the young man to six. Invite the young man to adventure with you. Mm. So as I've gone home to visit my uh, my family in the States over the last few years, I have uh, spoken to my nephews of coming to Africa with me, you know. And How it's old like, are they? Oh, from 10 to 20. Nice. Yeah. And it's something that scares their parents, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know. Um, and their parents like the idea as well, but I would say call, call your call young people to an adventure that does scare their parents. And, and here's where I think being an elder really goes beyond parenting because the parent is trying to keep their child safe. Mm. And a lot of times the parent is trying to keep themselves comfortable. Okay, yeah. So like they may not be doing what's in the best interest of their child's growth and long-term happiness and thriving or becoming an adult because the parent wants to be comfortable. Well, okay, that could be called bad parenting. You could say it's more than being a parent, or it's more than doing what most parents do. Well, I think there's just a natural uh, greater concern you have for your child mm. if you've invested all of this in it, in the, in the child, to keep them safe all these years, and yes. then he's gonna go do one stupid thing and die, you know, like, like, the, like I think it's just a natural thing that the parent has a has a lower level of yes. willingness to just throw their kid out into the wilderness. And that see doesn't if make survives. it right. That doesn't make it right. But yes, that does create a an opportunity for for eldership. Yeah, yeah and, I, and that when yes. they have it harder to be that. Yeah, and I want to push back a bit on this sense of. Um, I, th I think in wet modern western culture we put so much responsibility and blame on the parents mm. and there's less like mm. what about the elders yes. what about yes. the uncles what about the you know yes. the other people in the community because because parents can't do it all they cannot provide even let's say there's so many there's so, i hear from so many young men that they didn't get the father they wanted mm. you know their father is fucked up in this way, that way, the other way. He wasn't around, and now they're fucked up. Mm. Well, I think a more ideal upbringing for a child is they have many 
adults in their world yes. that deeply give a fuck about them, that they respect, and uh, they could emulate or want to be like. You're, you're, you may want to be nothing like your father. So what? Don't blame your father. Go find, go find, you know, this is speaking from the younger person's point of view. Go find an adult who you respect, who really gives a fuck about you, who you'd want to be like, and go hang out with them. Go make them your elder. Let them give to you. Let them mentor you. Um, That's a but great on the, next step. Yeah, but on the flip side, as an adult, this is about acknowledging a, a great role for an elder. And go be the one that their mother or father can't be. Cannot be. Yeah. That's six. Invite a young man to an adventure with you. Yes. But also, seven. Encourage his own adventure beyond uh, beyond his parents' world. Uh -huh. You know. Encourage him to venture out uh, beyond the pale. You know, beyond the village, beyond the country, uh -huh. beyond civilization, whatever the beyond is. You know. Tempt him. Seduce him out Incite into him. the unknown. You know, if he has, if he's sharing dreams that make his parents afraid, encourage him. Yes. Encourage him to follow that instinct to adventure. And uh, I'm just thinking of Anthony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Over the past few years, there have been a number of uh, young men that uh, Hans and I have encouraged and and Anthony is uh, a young guy from California who um, after a few calls from us and he was the one editing our podcast a few years ago so he was listening to all our episodes he he left home he left university uh, left California even left the US to go travel has now started his own business and uh, like he's completely making a man out of himself. He found love here in Colombia. <laughs> yeah, by, by listening to his own spirit, his own inner guidance, and learning to trust it. And uh, What a great man. There is danger involved. Mm. But how, how the fuck do you become an adult mm. without confronting the dangerous world out there. You finally pushed away all your ex-family Mormons by cursing. What? You finally pushed away all the Mormons you lived with by cursing. They were listening very attentively. Now they're saying he's on the road. Ah, oh, you're talking path. about Mormons who... He's like, fuck. <laughs> family of mine who may be watching. Yes. Yeah. Seven. Encourage his own adventure beyond his parents. We just talked about that. Yes. Eight. I have. I don't have faith or confidence that you have the numbers right here, but uh, <laughs> teach him life skills. I'll repeat them all. Teach him life skills and man skills, especially beyond what his parents may be comfortable with. Mm. When I was about the ages 12 to 14, I would go out for the summer, 12 to 15 maybe. My parents were going through rough times and a divorce. And my dad, he, he never taught us anything about mechanics, um, nothing about raising animals on the farm, nothing about hunting, um, things that my kind of cowboy, farmer, 
uh, uncles and grandfathers. It, this was natural to them in the country, you know. And they kind of viewed me as a city slicker. And, uh, you know, thank God my, my parents encouraged me going out to stay with my, my, uh, my relatives, you know, my kind of wild redneck relatives. And uh, again, stories to go in, into deeper for another time, but my, my grandfather in particular did all kinds of crazy, you could say dangerous or inappropriate things with me. That sounds strange. <laughs> <laughs> Let me teach you a couple of things, little Michael. <laughs> you know, like waking me up early one Saturday morning and calling me out to separate the baby sheep from the mama sheep as they're crying and making me grab the mama sheep or the baby sheep and uh, hold them down as he castrates them with a knife and his teeth, you know, and then sears. With the, with the hot iron, sears, sears the wound opening closed. Um, yeah, things things that my dad never could have done, yes. might not have done, and uh, were a great inviting me into the discomfort of manhood. Mm. And it gave me real skills, you know? And it had me, like, I admired my grandfather for the things that he had the courage to do and he was willing to do and he didn't give a fuck about. Yes. So, yeah, yeah this comes back to, I hear a lot of people complain today, like Americans complain, and, and, and females as well. Oh, my dad didn't teach me this yes. about, you know, changing the tire, or changing the oil on a car or whatever. And, we place we we make so much judgment about yeah. our parents as if uh, as if they have to be perfect as if they have to know everything and they can't or and do this, everything for yeah. us yeah and this is a great opportunity to it's more a community based feel you know there's certain limits to it what they can do and then if you have others elders to do that it's a great addition yeah and there's very much a component we've kind of mentioned it a few times here, Hans, that, uh, and maybe you could say this as another point, it's, uh, yeah, be willing to be the bad uncle, you know, be willing to, if you can see that this young man needs to confront something, yes. or to learn something that his parents, his teachers, his authorities feel is not appropriate, not right, not correct, not... Mm, what an upstanding citizen would do or think about or a good religious person would do or think about then it's it's on you mm. to take him under your wing and help prepare him for the real world help prepare him for adulthood help prepare him for taking on that responsibility and you know I've got a for example speaking of being an uncle not all my sisters might approve of what me and my brothers uh, would talk to their sons about mm. and the adventures that we would take them on. Yes. And uh, I don't view their sons as theirs. Mm. They're not their property, mm. you know. And I have a responsibility there with their sons mm. who are my nephews. Yes. So I would say owning 
you know, you don't have to have permission for this. You can say, I'm going to be an uncle for this young man. Mm. Even if you're not his biological uncle or you are. Like, uh, yeah, by, go ahead. No, that ties in a couple of the, the previous points there on how to be that. But uh, the new point is that you don't need permission for this. Uh, that's not one of the ten points, but that's an interesting consideration. Well, I would say it is. Be willing to, like, do it anyway, mm. you know, and, and be willing to even confront mm. the other authority figures, mm. if need be. To stand up for, you know, if you really feel like you're standing up for, for the young man, I, it just reminds me of a great movie, Scent of a Woman. Mm. Did you see this? Yes. Al Pacino's character, he's, he's blind, he's an ex-military soldier and vet, and he's like, he's a man's man, he's a wild man, he's inappropriate all the way around, um, and he's about to take his own life and commit suicide. And he actually finds meaning and purpose in being an elder. And the young man finds, you know, his life has changed by having this elder mm. walk into his school and confront the other authorities, like in the face of everything. Wow, this is a beautiful movie for that, for this one point. Mm. Be that Al Pacino character, walk into that fucking school and, and confront, you know, the other authorities. Nice. <clears throat> I see one more, although we're at the count of nine, but I could add one or two. So the last point, Nine is the last point. Here. Yeah, be willing to uh, take them in, to welcome them in if their parents drop mm. the ball. So I, I literally took in my uh, youngest brother when he was 16, 17. Uh, you know, and I encouraged him to drop out of school, to come and uh, move across the country and live with me and I would teach him what he needed to know to be a man mm. and to and, the, and I affirmed that he he had what it took and uh, that uh, that high school dropout who left home at that age um, has now made many many tens of millions of dollars employs has employed countless people has you know probably saved people's lives with the, the work he's done and the charity he's done, um, raising two beautiful daughters. Like, he's an incredible man. Mm. And so, and I feel a lot of honor in that. He's done all the work to be the man that he is, but I didn't have to do that. You know, I didn't have to take that role on. Nice. But there's great honor in it. And, um, yeah, be willing to... Uh, to take him in also. When the other, when his parents or other authorities drop the ball, yeah, be willing to provide that welcome. Nice. Let me recapitulate, re recap, we got nine, but maybe we can add one. One was be an ancestor worth coming from. Two, honor thy elders. Three, show confidence and faith in the young man. Four, confront him with love. Five, call him to responsibility. Six, invite the young man to an adventure with you. Seven, encourage his own adventure beyond his parents. Eight, teach him life skills that the parents would not. And nine, be willing to take him in. Um, we talked also about... 
Yeah, you're leaving at least one out that were not bullet points on my notes beforehand. And one was, yeah, uh, the Al Pacino character. Be Al Pacino. <laughs> there you go. Be Al Pacino. Um, you know, you don't have to have the permission of mm-hmm. his, the, the, the boy's authorities, the young man's authorities, to come in mm-hmm. and make him a man. Yes. And to confront those other authorities. Mm-hmm. You could even make that two separate points, you know. We could really develop this out, and I think this would be great work for us to do, Hans. This is what we're going to do in the next broadcast. Gamifying becoming an elder. Yes. You know, it's a great heroic Stage undertaking. One. The kind that could save humanity. Yes. You know, how many kids are killing themselves, shooting up schools, um, become addicted to drugs because they're lacking the deep, abiding love, mentorship, belonging, mm. Um, mm. honor. Mm brotherhood, elderhood, that could come from simply having elders, yes. simply having men who are going to show up and be that man. So if you feel that, if you're thinking of a man or a boy or a, that you could be an elder for right now, in the next couple of days we'll go deeper into each one of these points um, on how that looks and how you can practice it. We also have a, a training coming up. Well, I won't say much about it, but here in Colombia, beginning of October, if you want to know more and want to practice. Yeah, there's really, um, you could say, a martial art to mm. leadership. Uh, and there are different um, skills that you can pick up for leadership. But there's a training that we're going to do here that is very practical, that is steeped in honor, mm. that can have you feel the call to take on more responsibility and be that leader for your people. Mm. Um, and the first, there's actually two trainings happening. The first one is about being a warrior for your people. And the second one is uh, about being an elder for your people. Mm. And it's, it's, it's really profound work that has changed people's lives. Uh, and um, if you feel the call, if you're interested, you know, if you're hunger for this, what we've been talking about, Reach out. See you tomorrow. I see uh, I see Joy watching. I see Clint watching. Hey guys. Good to see you. Frank was watching on my channel anyway, earlier. And uh, Oh, you got so many on your channel watching. Yeah, you know, Joy and Clint, these are actually two people I, I feel the call to be an elder for, mm. actually. You know, and I've taken on that that mantle. Not not as if they've even asked necessarily. You know, or, or even I wanted. Just, yeah. <laughs> and there's Frank. Frank's watching too. Yeah. Hey, Frank. You know, put my arm around him, and uh, yeah, be and provide that that belonging mm. and that uh, that faith in them. Clint has recently just made a heroic victory, climbing. Climbing from depths, he's had a great victory. Clint, I see you, brother. You've come back, man. You fought your way back from some darkness to some major victory. I'm very proud of you, man. It's great. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, Joy has been through a lot recently. Uh, deeply moved by her, her heart. Yes, and uh, 
want to see her thriving. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. Next time.